Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, these closing words from the reading today give us great comfort, and they show us what God thinks of us. And you see, God's glory is made known in all of this. And God's glory is not found in us saying how great he is, but in him saving you. God is glorified in the Father sending Jesus, Jesus redeeming you, and the Holy Spirit handing this all over to you. John's Gospel even associates the glory of God with the cross of Christ, him crucified. So what is this then, that all that the Father has that he gives to the Son and then the Holy Spirit then gives to you, what is this? Well, it is life. You have life. And that's the thing then, isn't it? It forms how we think about God, how we understand our Christian faith in this world, and really how we live in this world. So here, the Holy Trinity, all three persons are involved in this, and we see it's all for our benefit. Jesus is teaching us that today. And he starts off the discussion appointed for today, which actually happens before our gospel reading was last week. So we kind of get a little uh, going back to before the, the discussion for last Sunday. But he shows how all this happens. The whole, it's by the Holy Spirit whom he sends to us, or literally the paraclete, the counselor, the advocate, the one who comes alongside us and gives us these things. So Jesus said, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So when Jesus says he goes to him who sent me, he's talking about his life being ransomed for us. And isn't that a wonderful way to think of the Father, the first person of the Trinity? He's the one who sends Jesus. He's the one who sends his Son. And so Jesus speaks of his crucifixion and resurrection, to be sure, and his ascension to the right hand of the Father. And all of this is to our advantage that he does this because this is our redemption, which takes place without which we are rightly condemned under God's law, and would end up in hell for eternity. But though Jesus does this, he goes. He did this as he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, salvation having been accomplished. And sending the Holy Spirit, who is eternal, who is fully God, Jesus sends us what, will be sent, what he will be sent to do and does. So Jesus then uh, explains this out for us. He says, and when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And with those words, we do well to pay attention closely to what Jesus says. We see that the Holy Spirit convicts, or he convinces, or he exposes the world because the world rejects Christ. It doesn't believe in him. When he dwelt among us, he was crucified. So this too, in our sin, we live unrepentant lives. This is who we are as well, living in this unbelief. And connected with this is the very revelation of who Jesus is. Righteousness. True righteousness is found only in the person and work of Jesus. And we see this revealed in the work of Christ, that Jesus is who he says he is. That world who rejected and still continues to reject him, Jesus is proclaimed that he and he alone is the one who has laid down his life. He is the one who has raised it up again. And only he is the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth given to him. He is the one who forgives sins. He is the one who gives life. He is our righteousness. So for you hearing this today, the Holy Spirit is at work. For we have neither a wordless spirit nor a spiritless word. And you're pointed to Jesus and taught to find him as he is appointed. In that reading from James, from James chapter 1, God said this. He said, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And so for us, hearing this word of God, hearing this preaching of the Holy Spirit, we cast aside our attempts at trying to save ourselves, of refusing to believe in Jesus, living in our sin, or forming a new righteousness which can happen in so many ways. And that's something we think about in terms of this time that we're going through right now. It's easy for us to maybe even without thinking about it, turn our actions of what we do or don't do or what job we may have or not have into a new form of righteousness in God's sight. But we see there's a humility that God calls us to that humbles us and realizes that the only thing that is our hope, our peace and life, they're found not in the things of this world, but rather they're found in the one who came into this world to suffer, die, and rise again. And the collect of the day, which we'll pray in a few minutes, sums this up well when we pray, O oh God, you make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. So you think about this, that our minds, and as the body of Christ, we have this one mind together, this one will, and individually as new creations in Christ, that we set them on the things of God. Only the righteousness of Christ and his work does that, and it's received through faith, worked by the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. And what this does then is it, it informs how we see the world around us, it informs our lives, ourselves, and our heart's desire, as we look around and we see things changing, even almost, it seems like, from one hour to the next, uncertainty, disappointment, suffering, death, any number of things. 
But we know as Christians that our heart's desire is the things of God, those things which are unchanging, which are eternal. Having Christ and his benefits is where true joy is found as we pray for that today. As we heard about last week, as Jesus promises and gives to us, even though we have sorrow, a joy that is eternal. And this is who we are as God's people, people baptized into Christ. We fix our eyes and we know through faith in Christ who is our righteousness and who is the one who does all things well. And in this, too, there's vindication as we see Jesus say that the ruler of this world is judged when the Holy Spirit pronounces judgment or convicts of judgment. We know that the devil has been defeated. One little word can fell the devil as we sing in a mighty fortress. And with that, there's a confidence given to you today by the Holy Spirit. It's yours to live in this world as one who is the victor already. So no longer do sin, no longer do death, no longer do the devil have any claim on you because you're baptized into Christ. You're baptized into the one who who is the victory over death, the one who has paid the wages of your sin, the one who has defeated the devil, the one who has now covered you with his righteousness, even now. And so God's glory, how God is glorified, is your salvation. And so you live in this glory as God showers you with his gifts. Jesus has given you his life, even as he has laid it down and and taken it back up again, and is the life, and speaks the words of eternal life to you. And really, in some ways, you know, this being Cantate Sunday, when we think about singing, there's a whole lot that's a theology of worship in this, as we see God as the one who gives, and we as his people receive what he gives. We confess that in the liturgy of the divine service, which has been handed down to us through the centuries, that common faith that we share with the the church of the ages. And we confess this today as we pray matins uh, and and in our hymns. You know, the prayer office of matins and vespers begin with, O Lord, open my lips. So we acknowledge that it's not saying, Lord, here I am to do these things. Rather, it is God who says, here I am, to give you all that I have done for you in Christ. Here I am, the true God who has all things, but yet opens your mouth to proclaim the excellencies of him who loves you. And this is the confession he places on our lips as we sing out in response to what he does this day, be it in the church, in our homes, and as the Holy Spirit is at work, calling us and gathering us together, giving us forgiveness, life, and salvation through his holy word and sacraments making us the church of God. And so, dear Christians, one and all, rejoice this day as your Lord has done wondrous things. In Isaiah 12, we hear and confess, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. Hear those words, sing those words, confess those words, for this is what is yours on account of the Father sending the Son 
and Jesus going to the Father as your mercy seat, and the Holy Spirit taking all that it is Christ and handing it over to you. This is the glorious work of God, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.